I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study. I'd like for you to take your Bibles and meet me today in the Gospel of Mark. And we want to talk about those moments when there are certain things you can do. And these would be areas where God even uh, would give you the green light to move ahead if you do, if you choose to do so. But you have to you have to consider certain things that even when the answer is yes, things you need to think about beforehand, because once you move forward on some things, it's very difficult to reverse them. Should you get into it and think, you know, I'm not sure if I should have done this. Praise the Lord. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And it's something that the children of Israel, they ventured into certain things, having permission to do so. But the end result was not good. And we don't want to make the same literal mistake. Praise God. So today we're going to be in Mark chapter 10. Let's start in verse 50, and let's open up in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word, that your word is a light, a guide for our path in life, and that as we navigate through your word, it will safely get us to our destination, which is moving forward with you, and we ask that you would continue to mold us into the image of your Son, and we thank you that one day we'll stand before you. And we are endeavoring to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant, and that we're also expecting that as we live for you, there will be the appropriate rewards awaiting on the other side. We thank you for this, Father. We give you all the praise. Thank you for helping us in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Now, you do understand that when you get to heaven, you've reached the final destination, and then you'll see all things clearly. So it's not like at that point you can say, well, Lord, I, I didn't know it worked like this. Let's go back. Uh, give me another chance to redo it maybe the last 20 years of my life or whatever the case might be. But there's no second takes. Uh, just in case you're watching this and you happen to catch this message, I need to let you know that reincarnation is a lie. There is no other go around, either in a higher or a lower form. This is it. This is your one journey through this life here on earth. And the way you live your life down here uh, determines your eternal outcome. The way you live and the choices you make, primarily the number one choice to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. All right, so let's jump into this today. We're in Mark chapter 4, and of course, uh, this would be the story of Bartimaeus, who has been blind, and he wants the Lord to do something about that. Praise God. Verse 50, the Lord has called him, and it says, Throwing aside his garment, he, that would be Bartimaeus, rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? Now, we all have a list. You have a top ten. If you boil it down, you could get it, I'm sure without any struggle, you could get it into the top three. 
But even at, with the top three, as you kind of shake it around a little bit, uh, you can shake out that number one request. And particularly in situations like this, where there would be a driving direction to go towards uh, one thing that you really need. I mean, if you're blind, uh, you know, what you're really wanting is your sight. So you, you can get it down to that lowest common denominator of what it is that you really want the Lord to do for you. Uh, but it is true that there are certain things that we want God to do for us. We're human. And there is an, uh, an element of that equation where God has baked that into our humanity of wanting certain things, the ability to reach and grasp that is of the Lord. That's why we have arms and hands and fingers so we can take hold of certain things and we have faith to uh, to implement it. But with that, we have to understand uh, all the variables that could be involved in this. Okay, the blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. Or some translations say your faith has made you well. Basically, uh, what you're receiving, what you've asked for, what you're receiving is a byproduct of your faith. So in other words, the Lord has the anointing. How many of you know God's got the power? That's never the question. That's never the issue. That power is always available. Uh, you could say that it's always on tap. So the way that we connect with the power of God, the way that we connect, and, and, uh, and that power is identified in Scripture as the anointing, the way you connect with that is through your faith. Woo, praise the Lord. So uh, he said, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Obviously, Jesus had uh, no problem with this man receiving something that as a child of God uh, legally belongs to him. Healing is the children's bread, the children of the covenant. And under the old covenant, healing was included in that covenant. Now, in what we now have in, as saints living in the new covenant, we have a better covenant than the old because it includes eternal life. Uh, it includes forgiveness of sins without having to have a temple system where, uh, you know, every year you've got to go up to the temple in Jerusalem three times to uh, have atonement made for your sins. Well, that was done once and for all by Christ, the high priest, who entered once uh, and it was uh, in, into the Holy of Holies. His blood was poured out. And his blood was shed for the remission of our sins. So the whole covenant is better. But even in the new covenant, there's healing. Woo, praise God. There's healing in the new covenant. Now, there are Christians who don't understand that, that don't, that don't know that. And because of that, they are not able to use their faith to receive what rightfully belongs to them. Your faith will not work beyond your knowledge of the Word of God. Okay? So that's why even if it belongs to you, if you don't have knowledge of it, you can't appropriate or use that faith because faith uh, it, it's not just you know it's not like it's mythical or ethereal it's real and it's based on something not a cloud but it's based on the word so your knowledge your working knowledge of the word is what gives you the key to turn the lock go in and take what belongs to you but let me say this with your faith your faith has a very wide latitude in what it can receive, what it can possess, and the promised land that lays before you has a lot of options. Now, I would say that anything that God has on the table for you 
You need to be busy with your faith going into the land of promise and receiving all that rightfully belongs to you. And if that includes healing and you need God to get you up and get going because something is not right with your body, then by all means, use your faith and take advantage what Jesus paid such a heavy price for on the cross to redeem you from not just sin. Uh, and if that were it, that would be more than enough. But because God is more than enough, the new, the new covenant does not only include remission of sins or the taking away of sins, but it also includes healing. It includes provision. It includes everything that you need in this life to be comfortable, to be safe, to be protected, and to, to do what God has called you to do. Praise God. Now, having said that, that still leaves a lot of other stuff out there that potentially you could pursue and you could go after. Uh, but just because maybe you want to go down a certain path doesn't mean that that would be God's wisdom. There are in the in the earth rabbit trails and uh, many a dog has gotten themselves into a lot of pain because they they chased the rabbit. And I, I was walking my dog one time uh, when we lived in Southern California. We lived in Newport Beach and there was a very nice walking path. And I, I took my dog out uh, on, on the walking path. And that day there was nobody out there. So it was just a beautiful day. And, you know, it is in Southern California. It's like it hardly ever rained. So, you know, perfect weather all the time. And my dog saw a rabbit and uh you know, there was nobody around, and this was kind of like a, a very large outdoor park area, and I just thought, you know, she's never really chased a rabbit. She's always wanted to chase the rabbit, and uh, I think I'll just let her off the leash. Maybe she'll just get it out of her system. Well, I let her off the leash, and she took off after the rabbit, and when the rabbit could see that the chase was real and that, you know, the leash is not getting longer, but she, my dog, the dog's off the leash, well... Uh, she went down the rabbit trail and the trail uh, went through all the cactus and uh, the rabbit safely went in, in between the cactus and my dog um, stuck her head into the cactus and was trying to get the rabbit the rabbits too far back was probably laughing at my dog. But when it was all said and done, my dog's face was covered with cactus quills and Kelly had to pull every single one out. Every single one came out. Uh, and it was, you know, painful for the dog because the, the quills, they can, they can inject like a, uh, like a, it's, I, it's something that causes a great irritant. Anyhow, just the pain alone. <laughs> and so the problem also was, how do you tell what's a whisker and what's a quill? Well, it's hard to tell. They all have to come out because her face was literally in the cactus. So, um, yeah, she had a fun time, and uh, I don't really think she ever got it out of her system, this, this thing of wanting to chase a rabbit. But we have to be careful. We can have freedom to run. We can have strength and energy to run. Uh, but there are certain things we can walk into, run into, and we think, we think it's going to make us so happy. But when it's all said and done, even though there was nothing wrong with it per se as it being sin, it could be something that in the end leaves us very empty. See, when we are looking at experiences in life, maybe something that you don't have that you want to own or want to buy or want to get into, something that you, you want to belong to, really what you're looking at is you want that feeling that others 
who have made it or have crossed into that, they have been able to experience that feeling. And you're thinking, I want that feeling. But remember, when you do eventually get to that feeling, that feeling eventually is going to wear off. It may be the feeling, I want to buy something new. I want to buy a new pair of shoes. Well, you buy the new pair of shoes, uh, but the moment you wear them out of the store, they're, they're not new anymore. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Woo, praise the Lord. Uh, it reminds me of the pastor. He was telling a, a funny story uh, where one of the church members said, you know, you need to, you need to step up your game with your clothing. You need to get a ni nicer suits. So this, this guy talked him into go out and spending a bunch of money on suits. So we went out and bought, and bought these $2,000 suits. Uh, each one was $2,000, bought like five of them. And, uh, you know, he was feeling really good the next Sunday wearing his $2,000 suit. And uh, went uh, after he preached, went back to the back room and snagged the pants on something uh, like, like a nail that had been sticking out just a tiny little bit, the nail head. And he snagged his pants on it, and it ripped his pants and so he took him. Uh, he took him to the tailor, and the tailor said, "Oh, we can't. We can't work on this because of the special type of material it is." And so nobody would repair his torn pants. So what was eventually, or, or actually originally, uh, initially a very fun feeling, a very high feeling, you know, with all the goosebumps and all that. He said it wore off real quick. When you realize you got a stupid suit that nobody can fix if anything ever goes wrong with it. And because we live in a fallen world, things do go wrong with certain things. So just be mindful of that. You, you're looking for that feeling, and that's understandable. That, that's okay. But feelings can also change. And also things that in this phase of your life that you think, oh, that's all it. Woo, I want that. That's, all, that's what it's all about. Your, your desires are going to change over time, and that, that's a good thing. So what you may think makes your world go around right now. Uh, you, know, you know, three months later, three years later, you may be in a place where you're thinking, you know, I can't believe that thing so moved me like that. Look, look at it now. Why did I get so excited about that? Be mindful of that. Now, of course, with Bartimaeus having eyesight, this is a different level. You know, you get your eyesight, you're like, wow. Uh, this is this is wonderful. This is wonderful. Praise God. So that's beautiful. So there are things that God wants you to be whole. He wants you to be complete in a sense where, you know, you're blessed, you're happy, and you're content in your heart. But you don't want to be in a place where you're always grasping, I need something else. I need the next new thing. Because, you know, this constant pursuit of, you know, of, of just looking for stuff, stuff, uh, it can really, it can really wear on your soul. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, there was a pastor, true story, that he wanted to own his own private jet for the ministry. Nothing wrong with that, you know, because when you're busy, and he was very busy, he made a lot of international trips, he just wanted his own jet. But he wanted a 747 jet. I'm not making this up. This is a true story. And he just, you know, he believed God for a 747 jet. Now, that, those of you that wouldn't know, that's the big double-decker jumbo jet. You know, it's got the, the second row up at the front. Uh, and so, you know, that, that's pretty cool. But, hey, you know, the, the fuel, the, the price, the fill, one of those things up with gas, you know, with aviation gas, which, which is more expensive than the gas that goes in a car, you know, Jet A. Anyhow, that's very expensive, and several hundred thousand dollars just to fill one up. Well, he got a 747 jet, and for a while, 
You know, uh, he would just, you know, say, hey, you know, we're going to go to Africa. We're going to do some mission work in Africa. And so we need to raise the money for us to go. And, you know, a businessman would stand up in the church and say, okay, I'll give $20,000. Uh, somebody else would stand up and say, I'll give $30,000. But, you know, you, you do that. You do that for a while. Every time you got to make a trip, whoo, we got to raise we got to raise these hundreds of thousands of dollars for wherever we get off the ground. Well, why don't we just all go get a business class ticket and fly over there? <laughs> Maybe that'll work better. And there's something wrong with the, with the jet, because even in this ministry, we're believing for our own aircraft. But I think, I think also when we do certain things, you have to think it all out. Because trust me, a 747 jet, that's a different type of an animal. Because just getting that thing off the ground, you're going to burn you're going to burn within the first 10 minutes the amount of fuel that you're going to burn the money the money you, you could buy a house just about with the amount of fuel it's going to take to get that thing up the cruising altitude so just stuff like that has to be considered I do uh, know of one minister he was believing God for a jet and he actually got the jet uh, he was able to buy it but you have to remember if you buy it then you have to have a hanger for it then you have to have Two pilots for it. You never want to fly one single pilot. That's dangerous. So you have to have two pilots. So you got to pay for them. Then you have to have insurance on the aircraft. And so uh, then you have to have maintenance on the aircraft. And it's not like just changing the oil or change the brake pads. It's a, it's a different kind of animal, different beast. So all of those things are just things that before you get into certain things, in case there's anybody out there, you want your own 747 jet before you get into certain things. Think it through. Think it all the way through before you start launching into certain stuff. Praise God. And then after having, you know, checked off all of your checklist of realizing what you're getting involved in, if, if that's okay, if that's okay, uh, then, then, you know, you can go for it. Because with your faith, you have, you have wide latitude of what you can do. But just be sure that what you're going to do, you've actually thought it all the way through. Mm-mm. There was another minister, another true story. He, for whatever reason, thought it would just be really cool for his ministry to be located on an island. And so when he saw that this property was going to be put up for sale, a resort property, that uh, he thought, wow, that would be so cool. We could move the whole ministry onto the island. And he bought it and moved his entire ministry onto the island. And so they, they're living on the island. You know, they have, they have a, a ministry on an island, which, which is kind of cool. Sounds cool, right? But, oh, wow. After a few months, he found out that the electrical bill, see, they had to, the electrical company had to run a separate line all the way out to the island just for them. The, ele the electrical bill was just off the charts. I mean, they might as well have run it to the moon. The bill was so high. And then, you know, if you want to have a partner conference, let's have a partner conference and bring all the partners in. But then there, there's the reality where, uh, how are we going to get them here? <laughs> are we going to like ferry them over on a boat? <laughs> Let's give them all a kayak. Then they can row out here. Oh, that's a long way to row. So you start running into all of these things that they never really thought through. And after a while, the island experience, they, they bailed out on it. They thought, no, this is not good. But see, I'm saying your faith can get you into certain things. So your, your faith is very powerful. It'll work. It will produce for you. It, it'll, it'll cause blind eyes to open. It'll cause doors to open supernaturally. But you have, to, you have to really stop and think it all the way through. Not just is it okay. 
Did God say okay? God, oh, God said okay. But, but, but look, God also expects you to use maturity and wisdom and to think it through before you fully commit. Because there are some things you can get into, it's very hard to get out. And you may be able to get out, but it might take you five years to get out before you can find a buyer that wants to buy that thing. And in the interim, you're going to have to be paying on that, even if you're not using it. Mm -mm. Praise God. Well, I know a, a pastor uh, with a large church, you know, several thousand members, and he, he bought a race car, uh, a hot rod. I mean, this thing was fast. I think it would go like uh, I saw him race it one time. I think it would go like close to 300 miles per hour, you know, real fast in a straight, straight away. And so uh, he, he got it for the youth department. You know, you, he had the youth outreach ministry there at the church, and this will br bring in the youth. Well, I actually think he got it because he liked fast cars. Because <laughs> every time <laughs> I saw him with it, there were no youth around. And whenever he would take it out to the race place to race it, there was no young people. I never saw any teenagers anywhere. It was just him tinkering with it and working on it. And, uh, you know, and the Lord never told him no. You know, it's, and it's not like he's out there sinning on it. You're sinning with it. I mean, it's just a car, right? But um, the more he tinkered on that car and the more he took that car out on the weekend to race it and stuff like that, uh, you know, it's like the quality of his messages that it just didn't have that bite, didn't have that edge. It didn't have that. It didn't have a sharp word. It was just like, kind of like a dud. But you know what? I think he realized what was going on, that just because you, you can use your faith to, to grab something and to have something, you know, it doesn't mean that that's what you should do with it. Praise the Lord. And so he sold the car. And, and that was good. And I, I think there was a recovery spiritually. But then I don't know what, the, what happened. Maybe uh, to replace the car, it seemed like he, uh, you know, he was always very athletic. So um, he got in the golf. And uh, he, was, he was already kind of really good at golf. But then he decided to, you know, put a little more time and effort into it. And so there was a large golf tournament, not with professionals, but with amateur, you know, guys that are really good, just below pro league. And so people came in from all over for this big golf tournament. Well, he got, he just kind of jumped into it also, you know, to compete. But after the 18 holes were done, he won the whole thing. He won the whole tournament and they gave him the big trophy and stuff like that. And then the reality hit him. Hey, are you a man of God? Or are you a golfer? I mean, if you, you want to go play golf or do you want to do you want to save souls? And so he was at back at a crossroads again. So <laughs> I think he laid the golf down too. praise God. But look, these, these are things that just because you can use your faith. I'm using my faith for a good golf swing. I'm using my faith for a golf membership. You know, you got to you got to start thinking these things through because you could end up in places where you do go through those doors and you do manifest it and you do step into it and you do have it to display and show. But you know what? You're you're so empty on the inside. You're so dry on the inside. Wow. Hallelujah. Woo. And uh, watch out for things like this. Praise God. There, there's a lot of ministers today that have really gotten into the CrossFit. Praise God. And I'm not against that. It's good. I, I think it's good to take care of your, your of your temple. But there's a lot of them, bless their hearts, that um, 
Uh, it's not like you would want to go to them if you had a real spiritual need. Man of God, can you help me? They're not, they're not going to be able to help you. They've got to get their next carbohydrate meal in. They're counting calories, and they're busy taking pictures of themselves. They can post on, on Instagram without their shirt on so they can show you how well-defined they've gotten their six-pack. And you're thinking, that's a man of God? Looks like a meathead to me. Well, you know, I'm just saying there's a lot of that going on today, and especially in the celebrity culture of the church. Church, within the Western Church, where uh, you know you got these pastors, you know, hitting the hitting the gym, getting buff, getting strong, and then of course you've got to wear the short sleeve shirt so you could, uh, and then get the tan, and you got to do all of that. Listen, if if you have somebody that has stage four cancer, and they get in the healing line, do you think they care a thing in the world whether or not your your biceps are rippling? Or, you know, you've gotten stronger in the squat rack. Do you think that's going to move that cancer? Do you think the devil's going to have any kind of respect for that? Because, you know, you've got a better tan. He, the enemy laughs at stuff like that. He, th- he knows that's not going to do anything. It's not going to do anything. So there, there's all kinds of distractions. And there are things you can use your faith. I'm going to use my faith to get in shape. Praise God. But that's good. Use your faith. But don't, don't forget what this is all about. It's very easy to drift. Very easy to drift. Mm-hmm. You can go in all kinds of dire- directions with this. Um, I've met young people before. They, they, uh, young people, especially guys, they like, they like the fast cars. Pastor Stephen, I'm believing God for a Lamborghini. Oh, you are? Yes, praise God. I'm going to get it. Well, I'm sure if you use your faith, you know, you know, uh, you can pull in anything with your faith. If you really have faith and believe in your working faith principles, you can pull anything from a 747 jet to a, uh, I mean, pull in a Lamborghini. But you, got, you have to think a lot of this stuff through. Here's a scripture. Think about this one. This is interesting. Titus chapter 1, verse 15. To the pure, all things are pure. It's just a car, right? Yeah, it's all it is. It's, it's, uh, it's fiberglass laid over metal engine with tires, rubber wrapped around the wheels, a bunch of computer components, and a bunch of metal and plastic, uh, and some leather for the seats. That's all it is, right? It's just a car. To the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are defiled... And unbelieving, that would be the people of the world. To those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. Nothing, especially a Lamborghini. But even their mind and conscience are defiled. Well, that's not going to stop me, Pastor Stephen, because I know it's pure. Yeah, but I've never seen anybody ever drive a Lamborghini at the speed limit. Ever. The only time I've ever seen a Lamborghini not going over the speed limit It's when it's parked, and that's the honest-to-God truth. I've never seen anybody ever drive one to the speed limit without speeding. They're always, they're always way over the speed limit. If the speed limit's 40, they're going 90. If the speed limit's 60, uh, you know, they're going 120 uh, in the city. It it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Uh, Certain things have a stigma attached to them. Certain things have an image attached to them. Well, I wouldn't do that, Pastor Stephen, if I had it. Yeah, that's what you think. The moment you get into it, that image jumps on you. It jumps on you. They expect you to perform. It goes with the territory of that. Have you ever thought about that? Well, I just want to have one anyhow. Have you ever thought it through? 
How does that make you look as a woman of God, as a man of God, if you drive something like that? Mm, Pastor Stephen, you're too old-fashioned. You need some old-fashioned. Hallelujah. You're a little too modern. <laughs> you're a little too slick, a little too polished. You're a little too carnal. Praise God. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Woo! Glory. Thank you, Jesus. I'll get a Lamborghini when I get to heaven. I'll drive it then. Hallelujah. Mm -mm. The, the guys you see them driving today, they got, they got the tan, dark sunglasses, shirt unbuttoned all the way down to here, or no shirt at all. Big gold, big gold necklace. Mm, they're ready. They're ready what? They're ready to play around. They're ready to go to the club and do some business. Mm. You have to think about certain things. Praise the Lord. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Well, Pastor Stephen, like you said, it's just a bunch of fiberglass and plastic and wood and, uh, and, and you know, metal. That's all it is. Yeah, yes and no to that. Yes. That, we, we know that's what it is. But people of the world look at that, and that first thing that comes into their mind, that, that's, a, that's a sex image. It has sexual overtones attached to it. Hmm. And they'll attach it to you, too, if you're in it and you're involved. In, well, I do not me. No, 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 no. Shoot straight with me. Yes, yes, they will. It doesn't, don't think that you can put a gold cross on, maybe put a little clerical collar on, and they're going to look at you different. No, they'll just think that you're a priest that's driving that around sinning. That's, that's all they're going to think. <laughs> you're not fooling anybody. Mm -mm. To the pure, all things are pure. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, have, I have wide latitude with faith. But there's certain things, there's certain things as a minister uh, there's directions I'm not going to go. I'd rather not go there. Don't need to anyhow. I've got, I've, I've got all eternity to live. Praise the Lord. And I don't condemn others who do. But I ain't got time for that. Don't, don't look for me out on the golf course. I don't condemn ministers who play golf. I think actually golf is a God idea. It was, it was originated from something from heaven because you have manicured lawns, you have beautiful areas, and anybody's attracted to something like that. But also golf is very technical. And with anything in life, you can't really enjoy it unless you get good at it. And you can't really get good at golf because it's so technical unless you play it a lot. And I don't have time for that. And you have a lot of celebrity pastors. They're out on a golf course hobnobbing with Hollywood celebrities getting their picture taken together to boost their Instagram viewership numbers and all of this stuff. And uh, there's something wrong with golf. Not a sin at all. When I get to heaven, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play golf. But so many things will reach for you in life. And so many things will even lay out before you and say, hey, pick me up. Try me out. And it doesn't mean that they're sinful or there's anything wrong with it. But life is very, very short, and we are in the last days, and we are living in a time of such complete collapse of morality. We are living a time also of great delusion. Is it really time to just goof off? Hmm. Or is it time to really seek the Lord and walk with the Lord? Because just because you can doesn't mean you should think these things through. Think it all through before you go out and buy your Lamborghini today. I'm not saying don't get it. I'm just saying think it through. Think about how you look. Think, th think it all through.
And I, under, I understand, look, I understand the way a lot of churches are today. I mean, you, we, we, we live in an era now. We have, cigar, we have cigar clubs in the church. I understand there are churches where the senior pastor and the elders and many of the men that after the service is over, they go downstairs to the basement of the church or go to a local cigar club. And they smoke, blow smoke in each other's face, drink expensive whiskey, tell jokes, and discuss business deals. I understand. I understand the culture. I understand that. But I, I, I want to shoot straight with you. I have no interest in stuff like that. I have no interest in things like that. Praise the Lord. If there's those that want to do that, well, whatever. But I will tell you this. There's no cigar rooms in heaven. There's none. There's none in heaven. There's no, there's no smoking in heaven. So certain things that people just love to do. You know what? It's all going to fade away. It's all going to fade away. Praise God. That made somebody really sad. Maybe, maybe somebody really needed to hear that today. But you know, when God begins to move, all this stuff goes out the window that everybody thinks is so necessary and so important. They get themselves so tied up in. When God begins to move, all of that stuff, I'm just telling you right now, it goes up in smoke. The things you have to be at. I've got to be at this four times a week. Why? Because I, I'm involved in that. That's my thing. Well, that'll probably be the first thing on the altar that goes up in smoke when there's revival. Mm. Praise the Lord. Woo! Because when God begins to move, when a move of the Spirit is birthed, then there is the sustaining of it. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, Pastor Stephen, God can do whatever he wants, but by 9 o'clock at night, it better be done because we're getting out. Mm, it, uh, God, God doesn't work like that. God doesn't work like that. Praise the Lord. And if he's moving, we're going to stay right there and we're going to let him move. Well, I've got a TV show to watch, Pastor Stephen, at 9 o'clock. <laughs> Woo! Well, it looks like you've got a, you got a fork in the road. You're going to go this way? You're going to go watch that show? Or you're going to stay in the glory? Mm. Hallelujah. Praise God. It's all funny until the rubber meets the road, isn't it? It's, it's kind of like all talk. It's all ethereal. Yes, Pastor Stephen. Well, look, look, I'm just trying to get you ready. I'm trying to get you ready. Praise God. Because when it, when it starts to roll... It alters, it alters lives, it alters activities, it alters so many different things. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. One of the primary signs of the moving of the Spirit is deep conviction of sin, which is why I encourage anybody anyone to get your life right with God now I'm not just talking about salvation because many of you that watch me you're already saved but I'm talking about once you're saved get your life your spiritual house in order in the sense that if God were moving would you be doing that would you do that would you practice that would you carry that on in the presence of the glory in the in God's very presence would you do? no you wouldn't do that because we don't want Ananias and Sapphira type experiences happening but my friends, you have, to, you have to deal with these things because when the Lord starts moving, it can get real hot, and uh, it's best to have it all ironed out beforehand. Mm. Ooh. Because if you get in those meetings 
and you haven't gotten that ironed out, the conviction and, the, and that glory can hit so hot so fast that many times people stand up and they start confessing. They come under such conviction and such grief. They start confessing publicly, publicly. Now, there are many things that should not be said publicly. There are many things that should be confessed privately. And uh, if, if it's so grievous between you and the Lord that you're having a hard time difficult, uh, a hard time uh, working your way through it, then you should get, uh, you know, a man or woman of God to help you walk through that in confidence. Uh, but there's uh, there's other things that when the spirit of God is moving real strong, real fast, you don't have time. And there there are many times people, they had no intent to let to let it out. But because it went unconfessed and they're 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 harboring uh, that sin in their hearts and they they find themselves in the wrong place at the wrong time, which is in the glory. Maybe it's actually the right place at the right time. They stand up and start confessing. And it all comes out. It all comes out. Mm, mm, mm. Woo, praise the Lord. So it's better to get all of that dealt with between you and the Lord. Right now. Right now. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So many distractions. So many distractions. May the Lord come and burn up only that which is, e which is essential. Pastor Stephen, your life must be very boring. No, no, I'll just say, I'll say this. It doesn't take a lot to make me happy. I'm a, I'm a simple person, and it doesn't mean that I can't appreciate nice things. But you have to understand that this endless grasping, after one thing, after another, you, you, you think, now, when I get this, I'll be satisfied. You get that, two days later, you're not satisfied anymore. Now, you're moving on. You're moving on. You're moving on. There has to come a point where you start shifting your heart to the things of the Lord, and you say, Lord, just, you know, you fill me up, and I'm going after you and your purposes. And the Lord just, he'll add the things that so many others, they are reaching and grasping for. He'll just add them. He'll add them. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Now, here's a very interesting scripture. And this is from Psalm 106, verse 15. And he, God, gave them, that would be the Israelites in the wilderness, he gave them their request. Oh, so they made a request. Yes. And God said, I'll grant it. Yes, that's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. Let me read it again. And he, God, gave them, the Israelites, their request, but sent leanness into their soul. Sent leanness into their soul. They're so dry now. They're so empty. They got exactly what they wanted. They got it. They got it. Yeah, they got it all right. And they used their faith for it. Praise the Lord. Now they've got it. And uh, it, now it takes up all their time. Now it takes all of their attention. I had a neighbor one time that, for whatever reason, he decided he wanted to get a horse. You know, he kind of had that Western image of the outdoors of riding in the saddle, the big leather saddle, and, you know, uh, elevated up high off the ground and, you know, feeling like a man. So he got a horse. Uh, but it wasn't enough. He decided to get another one. So he had two horses. And he came up to me one day, and he looked totally exasperated. He looked totally like, you know, one of those, like, I can't take any more type looks. I said, brother, I said, everything okay? He looked at me, and he said, Stephen, he said, did you know that a single horse every month 
produces 2,000 pounds of manure? I said, no. I said, I had no idea. He said, I've got two horses. That's 4,000 pounds of manure every month. I said, isn't that wonderful? He said, no, I've got to shovel it all out. It's terrible. I said, but that's what you want it. <laughs> but I didn't know they were going to create so much manure. Oh, but I, I, Pastor Stephen, I asked God for the horse and I used my faith. Yep, there it is. And now enjoy it. And while you're shoveling manure, praise God. Praise God for it. God, I thank you for the manure. It smells so organic. It's such wonderful fertilizer. God, thank you for the manure. Thank you for my horses. Because that's exactly what you want it. Mm -mm. Woo. Praise the Lord. Thank you through. Think it through. He has no time to pray. He's got a shovel. He's got a shovel horse mess. Where's he going to put it all? Where do you put all of this mess at? Wow. I drove by one day and the flies. Wow. An army of flies. Pastor Stephen, why does he have so many flies? Because of all of the manure. Wow. Hmm. See, when you, when you see the image, when, when you imagine the wonderful thing that you want God to do, now think it all the way through, not just, the, not just the receiving of it, but think about everything else. Think it all the way through. And then, then, if you still feel deep peace, then, if you still feel it will glorify the Lord, and then, if you still feel it will not distract from your walk with the Lord, then by all means, Go right ahead. But so often that's not the case. He gave them their request, but sent leanness into their soul. Hmm. Pastor Stephen, I'm believing God for a fishing boat. I love bass fishing. I'm believing God for a boat. And so you get your boat. And now you're out fishing all the time. Fishing. Fishing. You're really in the fish. Now, now, look, you and I both know you can go to the grocery store and you can buy the fish already caught, already filleted, the bones taken out, sometimes already cooked. All you got to do is heat it up in the oven. Mm -mm. But no, you want what? The experience, the feeling of the fish pulling on the line. Look, it's bending the pole. Wow. It must be a big one. Mm, very, very interesting. Wow. So. Nothing wrong with the bass boat. Nothing wrong with the fishing boat. Praise the Lord. But my friends, so many things that we can use our faith for and pull it in. But you can overcrowd your life. You can overpack your life. And before you know it, you could be in that same place where there's leanness in your soul. Hmm. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Don't feel sad for the missionaries who have left comfortable homes in America, who passed up the potential to step into lucrative careers and earn a lot of money and gave all of that up, including leaving father and mother and went off to a distant land on the other side of the world, maybe to live in a hut, maybe to eat food that's not there the type of food they would prefer to eat, but they gave up all these things to step into that in order to preach the gospel to those who have not heard. Pastor Stephen, I feel so sorry for them. Oh, don't feel sorry for them at all. They actually feel sorry for, for those that don't understand 
how glorious and wonderful it is. Mm. They look at others who don't get it, and they actually feel compassion for those believers that don't understand. Oh, yes, there is sacrifice in it, absolutely, but God's in it. God's in it. The, the glory is there, and certainly the rewards will be there. Praise God. Lord, we praise you today. There is a way to walk. There is a way to walk. There is a path that the Lord has. It's straight, and it's, it's narrow. Now, when Jesus talked about entering in through the gate, the straight and the narrow path, and going through even the eye of the needle, I have heard some theologians say that that supposed gate, the eye of the needle, actually never existed. Well, they were not familiar with modern archaeology because there was the outer wall of any protective city, and at night, for safety, they would close the main gates. When the main gates were closed, there would be a super little tiny gate that if you were a traveler and you showed up at night and you weren't a bandit, but maybe you were a merchant and for whatever reason you arrive at two o'clock in the morning because you didn't time your arrival very good. What you could do is that you could have your camel uh, and your goods parked, as we would say, outside, but you could go in. But you can't bring all that stuff with you. Why? It's the eye of the needle. And it could be possible that maybe you could bring one of your animals with you, but you would have to completely unload him. Why? Because he's not going to fit through this little bitty gate. See, they won't open the big gate because if they open that, there could be an ambush. It could be a setup, and all the bad guys would rush in. So they had the little bitty tiny gate called the eye of the needle. So that requires an unloading of all of these distractions that would strip your soul of any fruitfulness that would strip all the spirituality out of your life. And I know some people, they're really good at making money, really good at making money. I'm talking about Christians. They're really good at making money, but yet they're so dry. They are so dead on the inside that um, it, it's just quite obvious. But you know what? They, they, they give their attention to that. Now, there's nothing wrong with profiting, and God wants us to be blessed. God, God wants us to have more than enough. But don't let things distract you to where you lose the focus of what it's all about, because you can't take any of that stuff with you. You can't take any of, you, uh, of it with you. And so many of them that have it, they just keep storing it up, storing it up. And it just makes, makes them feel so good that they got so much stored up. But see, it's never enough to release. It just keeps storing it up, storing up, and storing it up. Mm. See, in the world, you have men like Warren Buffett, worth what, what, something like $90 billion. Bill Gates. Who still has a lot of billions? Not as uh, he's not a, not the wealthiest man in the in the world anymore, but he still has a lot of money. You have Jeff Bezos, uh, something like two hundred billion dollars net worth. But you know, Jesus said, "What does it matter? What does it matter? What will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and he loses his own soul? See, your soul can be bankrupt." You could have all this stuff, you could have all this money, but yet your soul is bankrupt. Now, you can be a Christian, and you can be saved. Thank God, at least you're saved. But you can run dry. 
you can run dry when you try to step into so many different things. That'll make me happy, Pastor Stephen. Once I have that, then, yeah, then I'll finally be happy. Think it through. Think everything through. Praise God. Pastor Stephen, I'm, I'm single. I want to get married. Oh, that's wonderful. I mean, marriage is ordained and established by God. It's beautiful. But just think it through. John Wesley, what a great preacher. Think about the flow, the anointing that he was in, preaching five times a day, traveling nonstop, traveling nonstop, riding on a horse, preaching a meeting, get back on the horse, ride to another meeting, preach there, and just do that day after day after day after day. And God was moving. God was moving in every meeting. And he got this thing, he got this thing where he wanted to get married. And uh, he, he did a rush job, but he got married to a lady, her nickname was Molly. And from the moment they got married, it just never clicked. And it was, it was a mess. And let's not, let's not blame it on Molly. He, he had his own issues. He had his own independence that he wanted to maintain. He wanted to keep traveling, you know, just doing his kind of his own thing. But, you know, she's like, hey, you're married now. <laughs> you're, you're married. You know, let, let's, ha let's have some children. Let's, uh, let's have a meal together. He's like, well, I got to keep going. That's, that's my calling. Well, you know, John, you, you should have thought that through <laughs> before he got married or take her with you. But, you know, so it just there was a collusion. There was a colliding of two different things. And, you know, and when you're married, hey, that, that means you're, you're yielding your life. You know, uh, not just 50-50, you're yielding 100, and that person's yielding 100, uh, he and her. And so, you know, you have to work all that, out, uh, all that out and let the Holy Spirit help you. Praise God. But, you know, when you're single, you, you can go. Praise the Lord. Just go. Praise the Lord. You don't have to, you don't have to ask somebody. Uh, you, don't, uh, you don't have to call or text. You could just... You just go praise the Lord and I'm not saying that marriage is not good marriage is wonderful I, I love my wife and wouldn't change a thing it, it works for me praise the Lord and I, I, I love it but you have you have to think it all through because I know a lot of people they really wanted to get married I, I'm speaking to a lot of ladies for some reason a lot of ladies really wanted to get married and they're gonna get married and they did, and they did, and every, I haven't met a one that really had that, Pastor Stephen, this, this is what will do it, this is what will do it for me. They got married, and they all married a dud, a dud, with no spiritual drive, sometimes no economical drive either, and I'm talking about a desire to work, and, um, and then they found out what real problems really are. They, they found out what real trouble is, but you know what, it's, can't just, you know, throw the engine in the reverse and let's get out of this. Well, hey, you know, you, you sign papers and you're married and, uh, you know, the, the person's not running around being unfaithful. So, hey, you know, here it is. Enjoy. Well, that's not what I wanted. No, no that's exactly what you wanted. <laughs> now, look, look, this is what we have to be able to do. We have to be able to go in front of the mirror. Look. In the mirror, and of course we see ourselves, and say, I made that choice. I did that. And now here I am. And you know what? It, it's all on me. Now look, now look, here's the mirror. Okay, here's the mirror. You go in front of the mirror. <laughs> and you look at it, and you're like, Lord, I, uh, I can use my faith. I'm a man of faith. Yes, that, that's good. Yeah, I know you are. Calm down. Praise the Lord. And um, I believe I receive. I, I know. Praise the Lord. Amen. Um, but think it through. Think it all the way through before you get your 747. 
Think it all the way through before you get your uh, load up your garages with Lamborghinis. Just think it all the way through. Hallelujah. Think these things through. Mm, mm, mm. Well, we're in Isaiah chapter 30. Verse 19. For the people shall dwell in Zion at Jerusalem. You shall weep no more. He will be very gracious to you at the sound of your cry. When he hears it, he will answer you. If somebody comes up to you, I'm not, I'm not talking to ministers right now. I'm talking to you. I don't care if you're a cook, if you're an astronaut, or if you are a minister, or if you are, especially if you're a minister, or if you are a, uh, you know, the CEO of a Fortune 500 company. If somebody comes up to you and asks you to pray for them right there on the spot, and you don't have an anointing or a spirituality to be able to pray for them with an empowerment, something's wrong with your life. If you have to say, I need a day, I need a day to pull myself together. I've been in the flesh for, I can't, I, I can't even respond. If that's you, something's wrong, something's wrong. You need to be able to respond spiritually, spiritually to, to the people, because there's hurting people all over the place. Praise God. For the people shall dwell in Zion at Jerusalem. You shall weep no more. He will be very gracious to you at the sound of your cry. When he hears it, he will answer you. And though the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, sometimes that can be good. There's a lot of teaching in that. Don't, don't, don't spoil yourself. Okay. Take it easy. Okay. I understand that kings live in king's palaces, but I understand that John the Baptist had something that we need too. That doesn't mean that you need to wear a camel skin cloak, you know, and you're eating locust and honey. And you're, you know, you're, you're rough and you're going around barefoot. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying there should be something about you where you're just not soft all the time. There should be something where you push yourself spiritually and you just don't say, pamper me some more, pamper me some more. No, no, you've had enough pampering. You need to get up and you need to go pray in tongues and walk around and do some warfare tongues for an hour or two. Whoo, you've had enough pampering, praise the Lord. Mm-mm. And though the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet your teachers will not be moved into a corner anymore, but your eyes shall see your teachers. Your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left, see, you'll hear that word. This is the way, walk in it. So this is what's going on with a lot of Christians today. They don't know which way to walk in. They see the celebrity pastor with his shirt off. And they see him flaunting his body or hers. That, that some of the female pastors do it too. Uh, and 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 the church members look at that and they think, oh, okay, so that's that's what, what we're supposed to be like. Okay, the next thing you know, you're totally living your life in the flesh. <laughs> uh, you know. You, You've just, I mean, not only did you follow their example, you, you took it and you amped it. You, you, you amplified it, and you're going you're gonna to put some extra on it. Well, be careful. Be careful. I'll never forget. I'll never forget the time where my pastor uh, decided, for whatever crazy reason, this was, this was let's go back decades ago. He decided that the whole church was going to go on a cruise. How many of you know there's different levels of cruises? You have, you have some cruise lines that are 
they're kind of like, you know, they're into the, the high end experience, you know, where, uh, you know, the transatlantic crossing and the ballroom dancing and, uh, you know, more of the polished feel. But you have other cruises that are like that. They are unashamedly hedonistic. They're nothing but drinking parties. They're 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 nothing but known for immorality. And, uh, you know, that that's all they're about. Well. Well, um, somebody there in the church that worked for a, uh, a travel industry uh, sold the idea to my pastor. You know what? You should take the whole church on the cruise. You know, life is difficult. People get stressed out. What people need is a cruise. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Praise the Lord. Look, look, there's a buyer for anything out there, right? So anyhow, uh, bless his heart. So my pastor said, you know, that's right. And of course, the elders, you know, they, they thought, oh, yes, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. <laughs> yes, that's what we need. Ministry is tough. We all need to go on a cruise. So I think 800 people, uh, right around 800 people signed up and paid the full part, not just the down payment. They paid the full price to go on the cruise. Now, okay, now watch this. I'm not making this up. This is, this is so funny. This is so silly. It's, all, it's like, it's actually sad, but it's, it's kind of silly because it, it really was that goofy. Okay, so after service. After the praise and worship and after a good message preached so that you can be a good Christian and live a noble life in Christ. After, after that's done, please go over to the desk and sign up for the cruise. Okay, so there was a sign-up desk. Okay, I'm not, I'm not making this up. You go over to the sign-up desk, and there, there was a life-size cut-out image of a woman standing there almost completely nude with just a couple of strings on and uh, it, you know, like, like welcome to the cruise ship, welcome to the party, you know, and they had that life size cardboard image cut out of this nude woman right next to the sign up desk where the, you know, the, the volunteers are working to get you signed up. We'll take your full, we'll take your, take your money. You have to pay in full. And so uh, you'll be all signed up and you'll be ready to go on the cruise so you can be refreshed. Life's tough. Life's tough. Okay, so everybody signs up. 800 people sign up to go on the cruise. By the way, I, I told, I, I walked over to the desk, and one of the elders was working at the sign-up table. I said, Elder, I said, don't you think that this, this picture here of this nude woman is something that would be displeasing to the Lord? He said, now that, that's why we need to go on this cruise, Stephen, because it's that type of a religious spirit that we need to get delivered from. Yep, that, that's, I'm, I'm not lying. My wife is my witness. She was there when that happened. He said, yep, that's the type of religious spirit that we need to get delivered from, a religious spirit. Oh, they got delivered all right. <laughs> Woo! They got delivered of their money. When the owner of the cruise company, the owner of the travel company, not, not the cruise line, but the owner of the travel agency split and left town with all of their money. Not one of them got any of their money back. Not a penny. Not a dollar. I didn't lose any money because I didn't sign up for the stupid thing. Mm -mm. Pastor Stephen, I guess you must have ran through the church with a banner, waving a banner, saying, I told you so. I told you so. No, I didn't do that. That they were having enough trouble with me already because, the, yep, let me say this to the Davids. When the Lord is raising up a David, the Sauls will try to kill you. And my pastor wasn't trying to kill me, but the elders were. When I'm, I'm saying kill me, they want it, they're like, 
Take him out. He's a threat. Why? He has a true anointing, and we're just a bunch of goofballs. And uh, he's, uh, you know, and so there were a few of us that were genuine. That be, you had like a couple hundred people in the school of ministry, but there were about maybe eight or nine of us that we were. We had we had a real walk with the Lord. And by the way, out of the hundreds that graduated from the school of, of that ministry, only about the eight or nine of us were the only ones that made it in the full time ministry and are still standing, still ministering today. Woo! Praise the Lord. Okay, so come on into ministry. The water's just fine. They'll try to kill you. <laughs> you're swimming in it. <laughs> Woo! Am I too honest today with some of you? Mm-mm. Oh, boy. Well, there's some hot people in the church. Well, Pastor Stephen, the church members, shouldn't they just be so loving and sh- they should be so forgiving? They lost thousands of dollars. They should just give it as unto the Lord. No, there are people that were mad. They wanted their money back. Hey, we lost our money. <laughs> What a mess! What a mess! Mm. Hallelujah. The cruise never happened. Mm-mm. It is kind of funny. It's sad, but it's kind of funny. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Woo! Thank you, Lord. This is the way. Walk in it. Well, they're not walking in it. Yeah, they're walking. They're doing their own thing. That's fading. It's passing out. I'm, I'm, here, to, I'm here to announce Celebrity Christianity never worked in the first place. It never worked in the first place. That's why you have preachers today, celebrity preachers today by the droves, caving and giving in to homosexuality, to lesbianism. Not why? Why? Because their kids are, are growing up and their kids are saying, hey, I've decided to be gay or I've decided to, you know, to go this route with my life. And so the parents now, the, the ministers, the parents are saying, oh, oh, we understand. We, embr- now, we now embrace what you believe as well. And they have totally just walked away from the faith. Oh, they haven't said they denied Jesus. They're just saying, we, we now see it differently. Oh, so you basically you compromise. Yes, that's all it is. That's all it is. See, they were compromised the whole time. They've been compromised the whole time. Woo! They've been compromised the whole time. They've been goofing off the whole time. Praise the Lord. Like a lot of our former presidents have, while the world has ripped us off, while China ripped us off, took advantage of us, horrible trade deals, all this stuff, while the EU ripped America off, and it's the taxpayers who are paying for it, and while they laughed and mocked at America, while the American politicians and those various presidents were enriched through backdoor deals that made them all extremely wealthy, multimillionaires many times over, America was getting stuck with the short end of the stick. And finally, a president said, this is all wrong. This is all wrong. And so what does it do? It shows up the others who had compromised the whole time. It shows what they were really doing the whole time, just playing games, playing political games, having fun at the expense of others. And now we're at the point where we're facing almost total destitution in this nation. We're on the verge of an economic collapse. We are. We're literally on the verge of an economic collapse. Now, I'm praying, and I'm believing that's not going to happen. I'm believing it's going to be diverted. But it is a very real threat. Don't kid yourself and think it's not. It is. Any economist knows it. They all know it. They all know it. We are, we're on the edge. We're on the edge of, of many, many problems. And, uh, you know, if this, thing, if this election coming up goes the wrong direction, this, this country cannot keep going, plunged into socialism, 
plunged into a really bad morphing of leaders that want to combine radical Islam and socialism together, you'll end up with a form of atheistic communism, also with militant uh, Islamic hatred released upon the Christians, and, um, and also the, the whole country will just begin to collapse. Mm -mm. But I believe God's not done yet. God's not done yet. So I'm believing for God to turn some things around. But God needs to turn the church around. God's not concerned about the sinners. They're just doing what they do. They just sin. <laughs> That's never been the issue. God all, God's always trying to deal with the remnant. He's trying to deal with the church. <laughs> Woo! Praise the Lord. Well, Pastor Stephen, I don't know if I can take your message serious because you're not wearing skinny, de skinny jeans. Look, I'm skinnier than the pastors wearing their stupid skinny jeans. But I don't like skinny jeans. They're not comfortable. But I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to be hip. I'm not trying to be popular. And if, I, if you're not going to listen to me because I'm not going to wear skinny jeans and run a fog machine and have the kind of music that, you know, you, that they want to have the cool setting, then I don't, I don't care. I don't care. Praise the Lord. I'm just going to keep preaching the word. Praise the Lord. Because, look, I know the way. I know what works, and I know what doesn't work. And celebrity Christianity does not work. It will not produce the character and image deeply within the life of a believer that will sustain you through difficult times. And we saw this in China in 1930s when you had the Boxer Rebellion, and uh, th there was a lot of persecution against particularly the Christians and the missionaries who came over. Brutal persecution. But they sowed the word and they had true conversions. They had true conversions. And those true converts were ready. They were ready when the nation got cloaked with atheistic communism in the 1950s. Mm -mm. And that's why the underground church in China is thriving. Is thriving. Because they're real conversions. Because you can't be a celebrity Christian over there. It won't work. It won't work. Praise the Lord. So there's a great separation going on right now. And the fire's burning. Fire's burning. The glory's coming. The glory's coming. And I see, I see the end of the, these large seeker-sensitive churches. They're going to begin to, they're going to begin to collapse. And they're going to go in total delusionary deception. They're going to go into total deception because they, so many of them have been in deception for so long anyhow. They will not preach against sin, and there is no convicting power of the Holy Spirit that convicts of sin. Why won't they do that, Pastor Stephen? They won't do it on purpose because they're more concerned about numbers than they are about true conversions. Mm -mm. Hallelujah. So there's a lot of people sitting in churches that... They speak the Christianese, but they're not even saved. And the moment, the moment there would be true persecution, you would find out they'd walk out immediately. They would abandon the Lord at a hot second. Mm -mm. Praise God. Praise the Lord. So this is a, a type of great filtering. Let the Holy Spirit help you filter every request. So that that which remains is something that will truly remain. Mm, mm, mm. Thank you, Lord. We praise you. Father, we just thank you for the way that you're filtering and shaking right now. This entire downtime scenario has been a time of filtering and shaking. Let it all be shaken out in the lives of your people. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you that.
the miracles are coming. Praise your Lord, the miracles are coming. It's a shift. It's a, it's a complete shift. We thank you. We're glad for it. We're happy for it. Hallelujah. This is the third great awakening. This is the third great reformation, and it's the last one. Hallelujah. Praise your Lord. Thank you, Father God. It's time for the real fireworks. It's time for the real fireworks. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And it's not going to be smoke machines, special lighting effects. It's going to be time for the real fireworks, the real glory of God, the real miracles, the thing we really want, the, things, the thing we really want. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Father, we give you praise. Bring your glory and bring the heat. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. Father, we pray for President Trump. Keep him strong. Hold him strong. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. Father, even as President Trump said, it's not me they want. It's not me they're after. He said, it's you. It's you Christians. They're the ones that they're wanting to come after and get. He said, it's not me, it's you. So, Father, we thank you that he's a bulwark of defense. You've established. Kind of rough around the edges, but that's exactly what the church deserves. Church doesn't deserve somebody sweet and nice. Way past the time for that. So, Father, let there be the true wake-up call. We ask for great mercy upon this nation, that you would spare this nation. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. There would be a true turning back to you, and the curses would be lifted. Thank you, Father God. Have your way. We believe you for that. Thank you, Father. We're praying towards it. Thank you as many, many that are watching are praying. We thank you. We're in agreement together. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, if you're watching today's message and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, let me just say this. If he's not your Lord, he's not your Savior. You can't just take him, you know, on your own terms. You, you need to receive him and follow him and live for him. So if you're ready to turn from your sins and you're ready to turn to him, Today's your day of salvation. Pray this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Wash all my sins away. I give my life completely to you. Write my name in your book of life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Thank you. Amen. And amen. And if you're a backslidden Christian, and I know I'm talking to a few of you today, you need to come back right now, lest you drift into total darkness, and then you get out to a place where you're gone, you're gone, and you don't ever want to, you don't ever want to play with stuff like that. Come back right now to the only tower, the only safety or refuge, the Lord Jesus himself. If that's you, if that's you, wandering Christian, if that's you, pray this after me. Lord Jesus, I repent of getting over into sin and losing my faith, losing my way. Lord Jesus, I come back today. Forgive me. Reestablish me in your work that you called me to do. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. I receive you, Lord. Thank you. Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Welcome back. Welcome back. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. No fun living in a pig pen. Woo! Praise the Lord. 
Now the Lord will turn all of these things around quickly in your life as you live for Him. And He'll make your life beautiful. Praise God. By the way, I had hoped to have been in the, the newly refurbished midweek internet studio. But it's not quite done yet, so thank you as you continue to sow into that project. It will help us to complete a few final things that we need to do. We thought we were there, but it still needed a few things to do it the way that it should be done. So, there on our website, stephenbrooks.org, there is a header called Projects, and you'll see that project called Studio Refresh. And your giving towards that, a special offering, will help us just finish that up and get that, get that turned on and ready. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, let's take Holy Communion today. Grab some grape juice and some unleavened bread. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Mm -mm. Father, thank you for the bread, the juice. We consecrate it. We set it apart as holy. And we thank you this is the body and the blood of Christ our Savior. We thank you, Father God, for a stripping away of all the silly games and all of the fluff so that we can have real encounters and real experience with you. Thank you, Father God. Drive out the darkness let there be a cleaning of the hearts of your people thank you father God we receive the body of Jesus with great thanksgiving thank you for what you're doing father in Jesus name amen let's receive father thank you for the blood of Jesus we thank you father if there are those ministers that would be watching that feel convicted that have been playing games and and haven't been praying, and they know it. They've just been flying on professional skill, but they, their prayer life is shot. Thank you, Father, for repentance and a returning back to you, thus diverting disaster. Father, we thank you. We receive the blood of Christ with great thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's receive. You know, it's not just about how you start. It's very important how you finish. Let it be a sober warning of what happened to Dr. Cho in Korea, South Korea, pastor of the world's largest church, who, with a legacy of decades of service and great teaching and a great inspiration to many, including yours truly, to a life of prayer and good books and great teaching materials on prayer. Matter of fact, going back about 30 years, it was one of his books on prayer that proved the great inspiration of my life to, to pursue the Lord more strongly through prayer. But let it be a warning how even that great man began to drift. And after so many years of ministering to so many, and through the power of the Spirit, building the largest church in the world, Yoido, full gospel church, with over one million members, he barely escaped conviction of going to jail, of going to prison. And I believe his, his sons went to prison. And he should have gone too. But the judge basically said, because you've done so much 
of an influence for good in the nation of South Korea. I'm not going to send you to prison, although he deserved to go. And he was very repentant. And he got caught up in all of the distractions that wealth and fame and prestige and large ministry brought. And it, uh, he allowed it to cause him to drift. And he began, uh, he could teach on prayer, but he wasn't praying anymore. He could teach on kingdom living, but he wasn't living it behind the scenes. And it, it really hit him. It really hurt him hard. Now, yes, he repented. And I believe the Lord has restored his heart. But um, it hurt a lot of people. It, it hurt a lot of people. Praise the Lord, particularly the uh, Koreans. So, my friends, it's not just how you start. You have to finish right, too. And uh, be careful. You never find yourself in one of those positions where you're the emperor with no clothes. But everybody's saying, oh, we love your clothes. But you know you ain't got no clothes on. They know it, too. But they're just, they're, those are your yes people. Very, very dangerous. And there's a lot of that going on in the church today. There's a lot of, look, if, you know, if you think the swamp needs to be drained in D.C., there's a swamp in the church, too. There's a lot of political activity in the church, hobnobbing and all that stuff. And uh, that's, that's why there is so little moving of the Spirit in those type of circles. Mm -mm. Doesn't mean that they're not God's people. Doesn't mean they're not God's ministers. But I'm just saying um, what's coming is going to be fresh and different. Praise the Lord. And the real miracles will not be in, in atmospheres or environments of this arrogance and pride. That is, it's a great uh, disgust to the Lord. Pride is one of the most disgusting things to the Lord. And the Holy Spirit, he'll, he'll shut off and he'll shut down in atmospheres where there's pride. Mm -mm. So we want to fly low. We want to fly. We want to fly high. You know what I mean? But we want to be humble in hearts so that we're low. We're low. Mm -mm. Thank you, Father. We give you praise. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. So filter everything, especially in the season that you're in right now. When it all shakes out, what remains will be solid, and you'll be effective, and you will be focused, and you won't be just, you know, all frazzled because you're, you're going in a million directions all at the same time. Praise God. All right. So, Father, bless your people. Thank you. We give you praise. We give you praise, Father God. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'll see you back. Next time, bye-bye.